I wish everybody could see how we just dance every time at the beginning of this. Get you in the mood, man. Get you in the mood to really rock it out, baby. Let's rock this conversation. I thought, I thought you just said it gets you in the mood to really knock it out. <laughs> well, we know where someone's mind is this morning, don't we? It's 10 a.m. That is not going to happen in your dreams, buddy. Well, sometimes in the morning you like to cuddle. Sometimes. I typically like four o'clock on. Wow. <laughs> there's, there's a little TMI for you folks. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to another episode of When Not Gretchen Likes It. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When Gretchen Likes It, nice job, buddy. Well, it is a not too taboo topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, when do you guys like it? All the time? Just one time? <laughs> Sometimes? <laughs> We're so heading off in the wrong direction. Uh, no pun bu- intended. Heading off. <laughs> Wait. One of those Where's things. Thing? <laughs> That's not going to be the button. I can't even hear it. <laughs> oh, wait, no. wait, that wait, was, no. That was Is creepy it? music. It's this one. <laughs> Hey, thank you very you much. You actually got one right. Yeah, oh my I'm gosh. He- hey, I'm here all week. <laughs> um, so you guys, it's the holidays. Slade and I have been so crazy lately. And so we're sorry that we had um a couple weeks where we had to take off, but like you know, you know when like everything happens at the same time in your life and you're like really like the same when it rains it pours, it's like so the real statement, right? It seems like it's always raining here. <laughs> we always have to have our umbrellas ready to pop open. Say, that's where we're doing. We're doing custom embroidered umbrellas <laughs> for the holidays. Um, no, legit though. I know you all know what we're talking about. Like, just sometimes you're like, you can't catch a break to save your life. And we're not going to bore you with all the details. But you know, when you have some family members struggling with things, and then we had some issues again with a nanny, and like we're just like really like. I know family members that have medical stuff going on. Yeah, so just it's, it's like just everything. been the dogs have got stuff going on. Oh, They've man. got medical issues. Yeah, we have we have our last little guy, you guys, Remy. For many of you that have followed us for many years, you guys know that we had three dogs. They were my pride and joy. They were truly like my first babies. We lost Rocco a couple years ago, and then we lost Vito last July, and now we have little Remy who was our rescue and he's on his last leg. So every day, you know, trying to manage him and and um you know, just it's hard to figure out like when's the right time to put a dog down because he's the type of dog that nothing ever bothered him. Like, like you don't really know if he's in pain or if he's not. But then, like sometimes at night, he makes some weird noises, and I'm like, oh my gosh, is he in pain? So and then you go, yeah, but Slade breaks weird noises at night. <laughs> yeah, should, exactly. I, should I put him down? I don't know. And he's 18 years of age, so it's just really hard to know. But Skylar lights up every single morning we go downstairs, and she just like dog and she like wants yeah. to play with them so like you're being a little selfish going I, I want to keep them around for sky so I don't know it's just it's just a lot right now so and then she's on top expecting of it, to help in the morning too by the way you know like she wants to help me pull out his little medicine and we make his breakfast uh, and yeah we have helped hold the bowl for him and so she helps me feed him breakfast. and yesterday I gave him a bath and I walked upstairs and put her and I had him in a towel because I got it all warm out of the dryer and wrapped him up in it because he's so little. I don't want him to catch cold. And it's kind of been cold here lately in California. So I walk upstairs and she wakes up from her nap and he's all wrapped up in this blanket. And I go, look, Skylar. And she's like, oh, and she held him in her arms in the crib. It was so freaking cute. I was just like, oh, my gosh. So, um, so and not to mention, you guys, the holidays, that's already kind of hectic. And not to mention on top of that, we have all these crazy lockdowns again. Can I just say 
a really interesting point for one second. As long as it doesn't go too far in any one direction. <laughs> I know. I don't, I hate getting political, but you know what just cracks me up is I cannot believe there's so many celebrities out there that I see posting. They're all pissed off about the lockdowns and like the business is being shut down and like all this stuff. Like this one guy that has a very like strong opinion all the time and he's always on Watch What Happens Live and all this stuff and I'm not going to say his name. But the point is, is that he literally is like going off on on the fact that Newsom and what's his face in New York is, um, what's his name? The guy in New York that everybody's like pissed off about. Um, uh, uh, Cuomo. No. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Mayor one of Cuomo, those guys. Right? Um, no, G- Girardi. Eric Girardi. I don't, no, that's, that's Beverly <laughs> Erica's soon to be ex-husband. That, why am I getting this mixed up right now? I don't know. Wait, okay. It's got to be the governor. It's one of the it's Cuomo. one of the dudes. It's Chris Cuomo's brother. No, it's like um, I don't. I forget. I thought his name was Eric. I don't know. Okay, wait. Here, hold on. Let me see it. Okay, hold on. Stand by. Gretchen Everybody, Christine, stand by. I'm gonna find it. You are not allowed to bring up the subject it. unless Mayor, you have Mayor um something. Mayor wrote. Rule of LA, the ma- the mayor. Anyways, okay. You cannot bring up these subjects unless you have your facts in front of you. Okay, good point. So um, the point being is that they're all pissed off. Eric Garcetti, jeez Louise, I couldn't think of that name to save my life. There it is, Eric Garcetti. <laughs> Seriously. Okay, so they're shutting all the restaurants down and all this stuff, but they have like flea markets open and like all this stuff. And there's been so many sad videos going around of all these Restaurant owners like crying and being like, how does this even make sense? Anyways, um, so they go and post these videos and they're yeah. pissed off and being like, this is ridiculous. We shouldn't be shut down. Da, da. But then yet they went and vote for the person that's shutting everything down. So well, I'm just people, like, right? it's their people. It's like you can't complain. You can't go vote for a certain person and then come back and complain about all the stuff that you voted for the person that's uh, for those things. That's true. That pisses me off. OK, well, can I tell you what I like? What? So I like the fact that all of these mandates have come down. They're pretty ridiculous. I think people are kind of over it. I love the fact that the Orange County Sheriff's Department and the Orange County PD kind of said, "Um, first off, it's not constitutional. Secondly, we're not going to enforce it. Yeah. So. And he's, I I don't know if he was the first guy, but it it started going all around and so many different sheriffs and and counties started saying the same thing. And I was like, hallelujah, the people are standing up for their constitutional rights and going, this is ridiculous. Like I get safety precautions. I get wearing a mask. I get staying six feet apart. I get keeping the tables apart. I get that. Nobody wants to get sick, but you can't completely shut people down. So they literally cannot survive and cannot put food on the table and cannot keep their places open. Well, and they gave them like certain hours that they could be open. And then at this time it has to shut down. And it's like, oh, like COVID goes to sleep at 10 p.m. I know. And by the way, did you see the first night the Governor Newsom set up? I call him Governor Newsom. Um, (laughs) Governor, I love it. Um, Governor. I know I call him Governor. Governor Newsom, he literally, um, the first night that he set the 10 p.m., Order. Did you see all the people show up at his front door in their cars honking their horns really, really loud at 10, 10 p.m.? That's awesome. It was hilarious. I was like, this is so funny. Like l- huge miles of cars like lined up just honking their horns I in front of his them. estate. I hope they recall them. We're getting close. We're. Oh, I think um, last time I checked, we're just under a million signatures and I think you need 1.5 million. I hope they recall them. And we're going to put Major Williams in. But yeah. anyways, okay. And here's the other thing I like. We're getting so off subject. What? No, I'm just giving credit where credit's due. I was at one of our favorite restaurants last night. I'm not going to name the name. Why? Because the owner of that restaurant has said, 
I'm not shutting down and I'm going to be open. Yeah. And I'm just tired of it. And their management staff is tired of it. And you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, but it's Good a fantastic restaurant. They stayed open. And Good the patrons them. are so And actually, there's some, there's some restaurants in town that are staying open. And here's the thing. They're still abiding by the, the, the regulations, regulations yeah. in the sense of like keeping six feet apart and not putting table next to table and wearing a yep. mask while you go in, da, da, da. All of those things. But they're like, we're not going to actually just legit completely shut down. Yeah. And, and they're like, I don't want to put all my employees out of work again. And so, that's exactly what they said. They don't, I don't want to do this to my employees. I don't want to do these things. And top of that, I got to go have a little drinky, drinky, little snacky, snacky with a buddy of mine. So yeah. Good. anyway, I would mention their name, but I don't want to bring too much attention to them. Yeah. So anyway, um, loving, loving the independence. Yeah. Go Patriots fight for your rights. Let's talk about, <gasps> you know what I want to talk about today, babe? You want to talk about Christmas miracles, don't you? I would like to talk about Christmas miracles. Okay, so. Because based upon how the house is being decorated, <laughs> I pretty much you got Christmas miracle in the mind. You guys, we, first of all, I love the holidays. Slade loves the holidays, but I really love the holidays. And bless Slade's heart, he puts up with me because we have literally the largest storage unit you could possibly have. Like 30 by 30, stacked to the ceiling, double stacked. Like he went and got big pieces of plywood and racks and put that on there so we could have double stacked up to the ceiling of home decor, design pieces. Like I love decorating and designing. It is literally my favorite thing. I've done it for years and years and years. Um, I get it from my mother and entertaining, designing, decorating. And beyond that, when I was selling real estate back in the day, um, I had so many clients that would ask me to do their homes because they just would walk into a home. They'd be like, who did this? Like, who's the stager? Or who's the decorator? And I'm like, Gretchen, Christine. And they're like, what? <laughs> and so I had so many clients that were like, here's my credit card. Go make my house look pretty. And so I really became such a huge fan of doing that back in the day. You know, this is in my early 20s. I'm 40 something now. So that's like long time I've been doing You're this. You're 40 something? <laughs> and um, and so I just love it. So we have the largest storage unit. I, I pour slate. I make him all the time, like rearrange the house, pull out different pieces of furniture. I have every color pillow, tired. every color pillow and like thing that you could ever think of. Um, I need to get rid of some stuff, but I just love it. I just like, I have so much fun creating these spaces. So for Christmas, I have created all these little magical spaces around the home and this year I decided I wasn't going to make Slade do the outside lights because he has to do them every year and bless his heart. And I was like, you know what, let's hire a company this year to like do it. Slade's getting, you know, kind of in the like old fart zone. So <laughs> we had to Are you serious right now? <laughs> so I didn't want him on the roof anymore. Like it scares me. If I knew me. that was a thing, I would have signed up for AARP sooner. <laughs> you guys, he's legit part of AARP. That's bad. Um, they offer incredible discounts, Gretchen. <laughs> so get this. So I, I don't know if any of you are out there like me. Okay. Ever since we've had the baby, I am so paranoid about everything. Like overly paranoid, like Slade, don't do that. Don't, don't go there. Don't do the, don't be on the roof. Like I get so freaked out about everything now. Like I'm so afraid of him getting hurt or something happening to one of us. And I'm sure many of you can like attest to like having that feeling, but it's been really bad. And so anyways, we hired yes, this company. It has been really bad. We hired this company. They're called JJ Holiday Lights. And you guys, it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. Okay. Would you not say it was such a great decision? Oh, it was an incredible decision, and they're incredibly kind and very talented and creative people. But here's the problem. 
What? You now have an external decor resource. <laughs> and this right? causes me great stress and anxiety. Because you just talked a few minutes ago about creating these, these what did you call them? Like little Christmas? Magical spaces. Oh, yeah. Creating these magical Christmas spaces. Uh-huh. Um, and you use the term, these little magical spaces. You, you did say that. <laughs> A yeah. custom six-foot wreath mounted to the side <laughs> of our house is not a little crisp, magic crystal face. Oh, my God, you guys. You, it's I legit, a monster. Okay, but you, that's you, not my fault. Let me tell the story. But so, wait a second. Did you see the neighbors looking at us? <laughs> yeah, you know, we were straight out of that movie. What's the movie? With the Chevy Chase movie? Like the Christmas Chevy Chase movie where like they light up their house like like so many lights and the next door neighbors are like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, like people from Edison are coming here because we're stealing stuff from the power grid. Like <laughs> oh seven guys God. roll up to like mount this wreath. I mean, you would have thought they were installing it at South Coast Plaza. I swear to God, this wreath They had was to bring this, a special truck. They had to bring a special truck. They had to bring five guys. Okay, so by the way, you guys, we don't even have like that big of a house. Like our house is cute. It's really sweet. I've had it for 15 plus years. It's like my pride and joy. I bought it when I was 26 years of age. But like, it's not like a gigantic McMansion or anything. Right. So, but, but we do like to decorate it. So these guys pull up and Slade this year, we normally just do all white lights, keep it really classic. And Slade's like, I want to do something different. I want icicles. I want red. I want white. And I'm like, okay, Will Ferrell out of elf. <laughs> He's like, and I want lollipops and candy canes. And, <laughs> and so anyways, we decided to go with a little bit like of a candy cane theme, you know, peppermint, yeah, you know, it's red and white meets gingerbread house. No, it's not a gingerbread house. Don't get it mixed up. Okay, so anyways, we decided to go with that. Look here, my we little have, gumdrop. I say it's a little bit of a gingerbread house. <laughs> we have red and white lights with icicles, and then we have the biggest wreaths on the planet Earth that came. Now, in my defense, originally I didn't know that this company, JJ uh, Lighting Company, did Reese. So when he come came to the house, I thought he was just doing lights and and he was and I was like, oh I if I had known you had done Reese, I would have had you do a wreath. That would have been awesome. He's like, oh yeah, they're really awesome. We put all these twinkling lights, da da da. And he's like, but we had to like plan it out because it's my sister's company. I think it's called like Dolce um design group. Yeah, that's what Dol- yeah, Dolce she's an interior d- design, group. design company, right? Yeah. And she's like, so she has to take a couple days, da, da, da. So anyways, the house is all done. And I was like, oh, I wish I knew you did the wreaths because our wreaths are like lame. And, you know, I try to make them cute, but like, I'm not very good at like outside wreaths. I'm good at inside wreaths. For some reason, I can't do good outside wreaths. I think you're pretty good about putting a bow on everything. <laughs> and so you guys, the next day he calls me and he's like, I have a little surprise. Can I come back to the house? <laughs> you guys, he shows up at the house. If you haven't seen this, go to my Instagram. You're going to die. He legit comes with a gigantic truck, had to like get a bigger truck, like with a bed in the back. Yeah. Shows up with five guys. He opens the back of the truck up. It is a six foot, huge, gigantic wreath. Okay. With like peppermints and candy canes and like every possible, like the bow itself was bigger than the wreath I had originally on the house. That, <laughs> Just I the think bow. he said that wreath because he had to go buy the lighting for it. 2,500 twinkling lights. lights. Yeah. It's insane. So then we had to decide if we want to put it over the window or on the peak of the arch of the, where it was. And you guys, we did a live and everybody helped it. It was so funny, but it's the size of the entire window. That's how big it is. So like, let me put it in perspective for you. You know how, when you're on an airplane and it lands at night, (laughs) literally the twinkling lights outside of our bedroom window are like the freaking airport and you kind of looks like you're coming into like a runway at night yes oh my gosh so we have two wreaths they got two big wreaths and he surprised us and it was like so epic and amazing so 
that was really fun. So our house right now is very Christmas in the spirit. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today is that I think especially in years like this year, 2020, it's been just such a rough year for everybody. And I, and it was cool too, because I had so many friends reach out and like, oh, I want him to come do my house because we just want some Christmas cheer. Like we need some happiness around here because everybody's just had a struggling year. And I think that's why we decided to do it. Should we do a lighting challenge? We, <laughs> oh Lordy. Because we have, can we mention her name? She's getting a bid today. Yeah, our friend Khadija. Yeah, but listen, here's the thing: if you you can't do a lighting challenge after we've already done it, because then we didn't know we were in the game to begin with. It's not like I can't add on top of our lighting. <laughs> no, we're not doing it anymore. So when I see Khadija in Bobby's house, we're not doing it anymore. No way. I might have to. It's called keeping keeping up with Khadija. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Keeping up with the McCrays. How about that? Um, How about oh keeping up with the McCrays? You we guys, I'm sure you've seen Khadija Malika on Keeping Up with Kardashians, um, good friends of ours. And anyway, she called. She's like, we want to put some lights up, da, da, da. And I was like, oh, my God. Jordan from JJ Lighting is amazing. So anyway, so they're going to probably get that done. But my point being is that it's so cool when despite everything that's going on people still want to have like the christmas holiday magical feeling and they do that's what i want to chat a little bit about today is how do we win that oh slate stop seriously we're never going to get done with this podcast if we don't get to the point of what the podcast is (laughs) i'm just saying whoever has the biggest lighting bill wins okay go ahead um so you really want a big lighting bill? That's what you want out of this deal? Spreading happiness. Okay. So you guys, what I want to talk about today is Christmas miracles. And um, not even just Christmas miracles, but miracles in general. And I think nowadays, I feel like people have really had a hard time believing in miracles. So we wanted to share a little bit of a personal story of the best miracle that's ever happened to us. And obviously many of you know that. Um, which is Skylar Gray, but I don't think a lot of you know the story behind how Skylar Gray came about because I think a lot of you have heard little tidbits here and there, but nobody's really heard like the full story of how it all went down. So I thought it'd be fun today to share with you guys this miracle. And it actually happened right around this time at Christmas. We announced it a couple of years ago at Christmas time um, that we were pregnant with her. And it was truly like a Christmas miracle. And when I say miracle, obviously we're spiritual. So we believe in God has a hand in that, but I would love to tell the story. So where should we start? And I, the reason that I want you guys to know about the story, because I want to give you guys some hope out there, whether it's about having a child, whether it's about whatever you have going on in your life, I really want you guys to learn about manifesting, putting things out into the universe and really feeling it and believing it and knowing it and trusting it and trusting that the universe has your back. And, um, and I just want to, I just want to give everybody some hope out there. So. And the truth is, is that there was a point in time in our relationship where you weren't really sure if it was going to happen. Yeah. A thousand percent. Well, okay. So that's, that's, let's start from there. So as many of you know, the story with Slade and I was that I always wanted to have children. And then Slade had his two boys, and then he had gotten a vasectomy. And part of the reason he had gotten a vasectomy was after he had Grayson. And sadly, he was diagnosed with cancer and, you know, all the surgeries and all the stuff that he had gone through. He was just like, I just would never want to put another child through this. And at the time, he was with a woman that they were having issues with some, um, some stuff. And so he just thought it was the responsible thing to do. 
to not put anybody's safety at risk, whether it be the the woman or the child or whatever. So he decided to get a vasectomy, which was great. That was a great decision back then. But then he had obviously had no idea he was going to move on and meet me and want to have another child. And he was like, oh my gosh. So we ended up at, at about age 35, I said to Slade, like, it's got to happen now. Like I'm getting old. Like, you know, the statistics show that your eggs start to diminish, da, da, da. So we really started hardcore trying around 35, 36. And we decided just to go straight to a round of IVF because trying to do a reversal, all the research we did said that that might be hard, whatever. Yeah, low rate of success. So we went and did a round of IVF. It looked like it was going to be super successful. We had 14 embryos ready to be implanted. And literally six hours before we were supposed to go in for the implantation. It was like 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. We get the phone call from the doctor. I was supposed to go in at like 6 a.m. to do this implantation. And we get the phone call from the doctor and he's like, I don't even know how to tell you this. I'm so sorry, but all of your embryos have arrested, which basically means they they died. Like they didn't survive. And we were like, wait, what? How do you go from having 14 embryos to absolutely nothing to implant? So... <clears throat> It's a whole long story. It was very traumatic, very sad for us. I cried. I probably didn't get out of bed for three days, whatever. And um, we were the doctor's TV show was following our story at the time. And, you know, we went on the show to tell the whole story. And we were just very, very sad. Slade had, at that point, had to go through a surgery to extract um, his sperm in order to implant with my eggs. And so he had already had a major surgery for me and all this stuff. So... After we went through that, it was a very, very difficult thing. I went through all the IVF, all the shots, all the stuff. And we decided to take a pause because it was just really hard financially, mentally, emotionally, all of it. So we took a long pause. We took a pause for like a year, year and a half. And I looked at Slate again. I'm like, okay, we got to do something. Like we have to do this again. I'm now like 37 years of age. Like we got to figure something out. So that year for my 38th birthday, I was turning 38 in October, he decided to reverse his vasectomy. And he gave me a birthday card and he's like, I love you so much. I just want to reverse my vasectomy. I have it on schedule for December 2nd. And I was like, oh my God, like, who is this man? Like, he's so sweet to one of us. He's like, I don't want to see you go through all those hormones again and all that stuff. So I'm just have it on calendar. Let's see if we can make that work. He and, we, and, we, and we talked about that too, because what you had envisioned as being this, you know, beautiful, intimate moment right. and us bringing a child together in the world became very clinical. Yeah. Like doctors involved, it's shots, it's appointments. And it kind of takes that special something, something out of what you had envisioned, I think, right? Well, yeah, I think ever since you're a little girl, I think you have this vision of like making love with your partner and making this baby together and having this like intimate, beautiful moment. And then all of a sudden when you walk into the doctor's office, and they're like, okay, so what month do you want to have a baby? And I'm like, wait, what? And like, you're like looking at a calendar and then, you know, you're in a room with a bunch of men and people like inserting something into your vagina. I mean, the whole thing is just weird, you know? And you're, you, you, it's like, you almost have to suffer like the loss of, of feeling this other feeling that you thought you were going to have in this process. So that was, that was hard, hard. All of that was a really tough thing emotionally for me. And anyone that's gone through IVF understands that. So that's why Slade was like, well, if I reverse my vasectomy, then we can actually, you know, have this intimacy with each other and feel like something maybe is happening that way. And, well, yeah, and if we could get, if we could basically get pregnant naturally, yeah, you know, save you from the shots, save you from the allergic reaction to some of the medications, yeah, save you from flooding your body with hormones. Yeah. Don't lie. You just wanted to have more sex. 
<laughs> Is there a guy out there that would deny? No, no, really, honey. I don't want to have sex. Please. Um, so, I'm more than happy just handling it myself. <laughs> so you guys, he went through another major surgery. I mean, and this was major surgery, five and a half hours long, um, hardcore, 12 weeks recovery, like really, really tough, tough surgery. Okay. And when I say 12 weeks, meaning overall, like can't ride, can't exercise, can't do all the things. Yeah, couldn't lift a gallon of milk. Yeah. Couldn't do a lot of stuff. So <laughs> mentally tough. Yeah. yeah. It's one thing to wake up and look down and see that man land's been filleted like a squirrel. <sighs> that was bad. I felt so bad. You guys, when I looked down and I was like, Oh my God, what do we do? Like it was really bad. It was, yeah, it looked bad, didn't it? It was bad. It was yeah. really, it's scary. Thank God it's all healed and been, and looks fine now. But I, I, I literally can't believe it went from as filleted and like messed up as it looked to like look like nothing happened. I mean, that's a good doctor. That was Dr. That's Spitz. But anyway. Good doctor. So um, go through that, you guys. Year and a half again of trying, nothing. The the test kept coming back that no sperm was showing up. Nothing was showing up. And that that doesn't have anything to do with the doctor. It has to do with possibly the way you scarred down and all the stuff that could possibly happen. We're not going to go into a ton of detail about that. But anyways, didn't work. So now it, this I'm 39 years of age, going on 40. We're trying this. I remember right before my 40th birthday. It was October. I was 39. And I literally- Is this just, when we were breaking up? Yeah, and I almost broke up with you. I'm literally sitting there crying, bawling my eyes out going, oh my God, like, why God? Why do you keep like, you know, this is the desire of my heart. You know, we want a child so badly. Like, why is everything we keep trying not working? Like, what is happening? Like, and now I'm starting to get legitimately scared because I'm turning 40. You know, that was already like a big transition of like turning 40. Like you realize you're no longer young, but you're not old yet. But like you you're, you haven't accomplished some things in your life that you thought you would have accomplished by now. And that was one of them for me was having a baby. And I was just like, what is happening? And I started to get really, really worried. So I remember... Um, something had happened at this time and a certain person that used to be on Housewives with me said something really negative. Or she, I wasn't ever on the show with her, but she said something really negative and it really, really hurt me. And it was in regards to like uh, me being really old and never having a baby and like you having like messed up sperm. I mean, she was horrible in what she was saying. Made and, a comment about genetics. Right? Yeah. And it was just horrible and it was nasty and cruel. And I remember um, just being so upset and so sad. And I remember calling my mom and I was just like, mom, what should I do? Like, what do I do? Like, do I stay with this man that I absolutely love and adore and, and want to be with for the rest of my life? Or do I move on and, and you know, try and find somebody that I can actually have a baby with? Because at this point, I didn't think that it may, that. I didn't know if I was infertile, like everything that I was looking at with the doctor seemed like I was still fertile, but we just couldn't have the baby yeah, together. You were starting to feel like we had exhausted all options. Yeah. And I really needed a miracle to happen at this point. And I did not know how it was going to happen. And I remember talking to my mom and I said to myself, or I said, I asked my mom that question. You know, when you go to your mom and you know, she's going to tell you the truth and you sometimes don't want to hear what she has to say because you, you don't want her to tell you what she's going to say, but you know that you need to hear it <laughs> like, right. And I just knew, and my mom, by the way, is totally that woman. Like she will tell you exactly what you don't want to hear. There's no filter, no filter at all. And so I, I call her and I'm like, just so upset. And I'm like, mom, I don't know what to do. Like, I love this man, but I just, maybe I'm just trying too hard and I really want to have a baby. And I just feel it in my heart. I feel like I'm meant to be a mother. 
and and meaning a mother of a biological child at that time. I, I had thought about adoption, but it just didn't feel right for me at that time. It just didn't feel right. Like I felt like I I felt like I was gonna have this biological child. I didn't understand how, but I still felt that desire. So uh my mom said to me the exact opposite of what I thought she was gonna say. I thought for sure she was gonna say, Yes, honey, it's time to move on. You've tried. You know, I know you love this man, but if you really want a family, and she did not. She said the exact opposite. She said, you know what, honey? I have never seen two people more in love. I have never seen a man cherish and adore and love you to the way that Slade loves you. And it is so hard and so rare in this world to find that kind of love and that kind of connection. And she said, and no baby is going to make that better. And quite frankly, sometimes people that have babies, it sometimes makes it worse. Or she's like, you know, look at some people in our, you know, downline of family members and, you know, around us of family members and the issues that have come about. Like sometimes you think that a kid's going to bring a lot of joy and sometimes it can bring a lot of pain. And have They have a lot of issues. And she's like, so... If you are meant to have a child with Slade one way or the other, whether it's biological, whether it's adopting, whether it's this, whether it's that, she's like, it will be. Like, God will make that happen. You have to trust that. And that's a big deal coming from your mother. It was a huge deal coming from my mother. I'll put it in perspective. I still remember one of our very first lunch meetings (laughs) where we're at lunch, Gretchen brings me to meet your mom. And literally we're sitting there over lunch and her mom is like eating her hamburger or whatever. And she like looks up and she goes, look, it's not that I don't like you. <laughs> I'm just not sure if I like you for my daughter. <laughs> right. Hey, great first meeting, mom. <laughs> Pleasure to meet you, Mrs. Forward. You Thank know, you. You know what was so great about that moment, you guys? And this just goes to show the character of Slade. Slade looked back to her and he said, I understand that. And he goes, and it's okay. He goes, all I have is time. Yeah, I said, I'm not going anywhere. He goes, I'm not going anywhere. He goes, I just have time. I'll, if, it, if it takes time to prove to you who I am and whatever, he goes, that's fine. I was like, damn, I love this man. He just did, he, it, he was so unbothered by her and that like, you know, statement towards him. He was just like, I don't really care. Like what you think of well, me? Well, it's because she doesn't really know me. She's making that comment based upon her experience with other people. And he just knew how in love he was with me. And he knew that he was like in it for the long haul. And he was just like, if, that's fine. If it takes time for you to recognize who I am, then that's fine. And who wouldn't be in love with you, Gretchen? Mm. Everyone's in love with you. You're so sweet. I love you. Quick offline question. How, how far are we? 30? Because mm-hmm. I'm wondering if this should be a two-parter. No, I think we should get into it. But that's this is a long story. It, well, it could be a long story. <laughs> no, I want to tell the story. Are you saying it's going to be a long story because you're going to make it long? No, I want to tell the full story. And I think it's important that you, people hear like the whole thing. And sometimes when I've told the story before, it takes at least a half an hour. So there might have to be a to-be-continued moment. I'm just saying. We can tell it, but I think we need to possibly think of like, that guys come back next week and listen to the second half of this what This is to my guys out there. Do you girls, <laughs> do, do your girls do this too? Like you make stories really long. Yes, but it's a good- And I know you like good, the details. No, this is a good story. This they, is a story, you have to admit, this is a story you can't leave out any detail. Otherwise it doesn't have the same like- Impact. Impact. It well, really doesn't. Well, you need my help because sometimes you actually even forget some of the details. Listen, this is- 
been such a fun episode of Not Too Taboo, but I have to tell you guys, I, I this is such a great story and I don't want to leave anything else. So you guys have to come back next week and you have to hear the second half of this incredible journey that Slade and I went through to have this miracle happen. You, this story, you guys, you don't want to miss out on this, I promise. Like if you have been wanting a miracle to happen in your life, I want you to hear this because I think sometimes a lot of us, miracles are happening around us, but we're not paying attention to it. So come back next week, listen to the second half of this incredible story. Because it will be a lesson in manifestation. Yes. A lesson in how to make things happen. And if you truly tune into what she's talking about, I think God will email you. (laughs) Right? That's so funny. Be sure to download and subscribe. All right, you guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Not Too Taboo. We'll talk to you next week. This podcast has been produced by Stage 29 Productions for entertainment purposes only. The contents of this podcast do not constitute medical or professional advice. Do not reflect the opinions of this company, any of its parent companies, affiliates, subsidiaries, promotional sponsors, or advertising agencies. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. For more information, please visit stage29.tv.